Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Stuck inside staring at those same dreary walls? Brighten up a room with a fresh coat of paint. If you don't want to leave the windows open to air out the toxic paint fumes, here's great news. Non-toxic paint supply offers non-toxic, zero VOC paint. It performs as well as the toxic stuff, and you can keep the windows closed. Find much more than paint at nontoxicpaintsupply.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. Today, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Cheyenne Reisner, and she is a student of Skidmore University. And I met her um, because I read a poem of hers on Rebel Society, and it blew me away, just um, the clarity of thought and the the words of power. And it was about misogyny, and it was about you know, becoming empowered as a woman. And I thought, holy cow, if I had this kind of confidence and clarity and ability to speak what I was feeling at that age, I can't imagine, you know, what my life would have been like. It would have been very different in my college experience. So I asked her to come on the show and talk with us about being an empowered woman and speaking our truth, and and she's here today. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear from you here. I mean, that it worked out that you could actually be in the studio. It was yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I'm really glad to be here, too. <laughs> Great. So why don't you tell everybody, you know, really what started yeah. the poem percolating in your mind? Yeah, of course. Um, I was in a class with a teacher, and it was a small class. Um, I was one of four students. And the teacher would keep making um, kind of misogynistic references to the um, political philosophy that we were reading. And he would say, you know, this is just how men are. Men were socialized like this. If you look at this text, it provides justification for the fact that men are this way and women are this way. Um, kind of, you know, perpetuating these social constructs that exist so heavily in our society already. Right, like boys will be boys. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that logic, to me, kind of justifies a lot of violence against women, rape culture, mm-hmm. and it's just, right. it's not really an okay way to be teaching in a liberal arts college in this day and age. So um, I would raise my hand and I'd be like, I don't really, I feel uncomfortable with this. And some students also agreed with me. Most of them did. The other people in the class were like, also, yes, this is not okay. But at the same time, um, nobody else really said anything. So I kind of felt voiceless in the class. And I would raise my hand, you know, every class and just have a similar response of him kind of brushing off what I was saying. Oh, so, yeah. But I, the fact that you just raised your hand alone, because I can't, when I was in college, I... There's no way I would have raised my hand and said, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this. I would just yeah. suck it up and go home and cry. Yeah. 
or be really angry. Right, which I had experience with when I was, um, you know, like a freshman and a sophomore. But at this age, having especially studied gender in my school, um, I felt like I had the vocabulary um, to kind of explain to him what wasn't okay and how it wasn't okay. Right. And I still didn't feel heard, which was very frustrating because I felt as though I was very articulate and yet wasn't being taken seriously because maybe because I was a woman or maybe oh, yeah. just because oh, that's exactly why you were well also <laughs> you didn't because care. you were younger than him yeah that's and so too. he was in a position of authority right? right and that that was the thing that happened to me when I so I was in college and I was um you know very pretty and <laughs> very fit and um and that was important to me that's yeah. just one of those things that it still is. But at the time, I was confused on the signals that I was getting from men because I would either get, you know, like gobs of inappropriate attention or I would get disdain. Yeah. So with this teacher, he did both. So I would be in class and he would, um, he would like um, humiliate me in front of everybody and make fun of me and talk down to me. But when I went to visit him in his office about assignments he would never look at my face. He always looked at my breasts or, you know, looked at, you know, the rest of my body and never look me in the face. And he would kind of talk to me like a latch, you know, Mm. like, oh, well, you know, if you want to get that assignment, I was just really (laughs) freaked out. (laughs) And so I never knew how, is it because I'm pretty or is it because I'm stupid? I'm not really sure. I I didn't really know how to handle that. So anyway, I just... I'll I'll finish that in a second. I want to hear about your poem. (laughs) Well, I just realized that the objectification of women, I don't even think it has to do with being attractive because I think it's just about power and control. Yes. Um, And it's not even necessarily sexual as much as it is just a form of control over women. Right. Um, And so I've, I just feel like because I have the privilege of this vocabulary and this voice that I should be articulating in the place that some people don't have the capacity to. Right. So I wrote this poem and I sent it to my classmates and said, I just wrote this and um, I didn't really know what to do with it besides just have it, which was frustrating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have this. I was like, I now have what? this poem and I don't, I don't know where to put it. So I sent it to Rebel Society and it was published and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they are quite a powerful voice. Yeah, they, ver- yeah, yeah. they really are. And yeah. I, um, I recently, I passed the class. So that was that was successful. And I sent him a link to the poem too. Great. So I wrote him an email um, just a few days ago, actually, because our grades just came out. And I was like, this is something that I wrote in the class. This is how I felt throughout your class. And this is just for, you know, it's not necessarily meant to be an angry email to you, but at the same time, it's kind of for the future. You should be aware that this is how I felt in your class. And this is probably how other people also felt. Right. Um, and he hasn't responded yet. Yeah, but what a positive way of handling your feelings and yeah. knowing uh, this is how I feel. I'm going to put it out there and and I'm going to make everybody who's present in that situation aware of how I feel in a positive way. So I'm not, you know, going to this man's house and burning it down or yeah. all the different <laughs> things that would come to my mind at that age. I wouldn't have done any of it, but I definitely was thinking about it. Yeah. And it's a proactive way to 
speak your truth. Yeah, definitely. So do you have like little bits of the poem in your head that you could read to us or um, I didn't ask you to bring that, which is <laughs> so if if you don't well, that's okay. I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember that it started out describing what he was doing mm. specifically in class that I had problems with, you know, like the philosophy and then his um, very myopic conclusions of it. Right. And then it went on to say that this is a wild feminine um, issue, like the wild feminine is, mm. is being dishonored and degraded. And it's not just about these classrooms. It's not just about walking down the street. It's, it's all the same problem and it's right. all collective. Yeah. It's, so, it, it's endemic. It's, it is, it's an, it's an epidemic. That's it right. Really and it is. sits at the base of everything. Yeah. So it's not, you're right. It, and it isn't about looks. I didn't understand that at the time right? because I was just too young and yeah. confused to understand that. And it's great that at your age, you are understanding that at a core level it has yeah. nothing. It has all to do with power. Yeah. And a fear, exactly a fear of a, of the wild woman, of the power of right. women who can come together in a cohesive group and be empowered. Right. So I mean, it kind of the poem ends. This is not about me, really at all. It's just about this wild feminine, and it's 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 untainted femininity that is so beautifully productive in our society and so needed, not mm -hmm. just for women but for men too. Right. And the fact that it's being shamed is it's an epidemic that needs to stop for rape culture to stop for, right. you know, misogyny, hypermasculinity to cease. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the interesting thing is that people think that at least the people I had come in contact when I was younger, I don't know mm -hmm. about today, but felt that this was a woman's issue and that it mm -hmm. didn't affect men at all. But in yeah. reality, I mean, I'm bringing up, uh, I'm married to a man and I'm bringing up a man into this world because I have a son and I want him to come into a society where women are honored, but also where he is honored, Yeah, of you course. know, because I feel like also the thing that happens is that men don't get to have their feelings either. Oh yeah, for sure. And so they, yeah, there's an, an underlying anger there and mm -hmm. a resentment there. They don't even know is there. Yeah. So it's directed at the woman or the female aspect of our society. Yeah. So it, it, I ended up with that teacher, I ended up going to uh, the top administrator of, of the theater department who was a woman and saying, I, I can't be in this class anymore. I don't know how <laughs> to be in this class. And it was a required class for me to graduate. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a junior, so I would have had to have gone and taken – there was no other replacement for the class. Right. And, you know, she and I had a conversation about it, and she's, she said that to me. There is no replacement. You need this to – I said, yeah, but I can't do it. I can't go into his office anymore and watch him look me up and down. I can't be humiliated in class anymore. So do I have to quit school? There's no – is there no solution? And she ended up putting me in a senior class for the, the last end of school – yeah. And just kind of melding that together for me and creating something for me to move out of that class. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I'm grateful she did that yeah, for me. Yeah, that's a great way to, you know, set boundaries and create space for yourself and honor yourself, which is so important and something that women aren't taught. Oh, no. I don't know do. how I did that. I don't yeah, know how I had the courage really to admirable. say to her, I can't. I'm not. I know that I was angry. I know that I was sad, but I 
I, I didn't have the tools of language that you are gifted with to, to say any of that other than I know that this is killing me. Right. So but you don't have to be a writer or even articulate to create space. I mean, what you did was still creating boundaries for yourself and saying, I don't have, I can't do this. This is not working for me. And right. I, is there really no other option? And generally people, when you give them that type of ultimatum, will kind of figure out an option for you, especially when you're paying for the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, there was a, there was another situation that I had, um, and this is after college. I worked in this, um, this good old boys restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and 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 a lot of these things happen to me from men of my father's generation. Yeah, which I found was like, wow, it is generational. Yeah, because m- my husband's generation, I don't find those things happening so much. Yeah, and in my son's generation, not at all. They don't. I mean, I remember boys when I was in high school having all kinds of inappropriate conversations about girls and women around us and in my son's group nobody does that yeah that's amazing yeah it really there's been a huge leap of consciousness Mm -hmm. since that generation but that's so i'm 52 so at the time i was in my 20s so the the man who was inappropriate with me in this restaurant was in his 50s so I was working for this guy, and I had to go in for early for something. And it was me and the busboys and the guys in the kitchen and the owner. And he calls me out into the dining room, and he goes, hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I went out, and he said, yeah, he's sitting in this chair. It was like the godfather. He's sitting in this <laughs> chair, and he says, yeah, stand there. Now turn around. So I'm, and and of course I did it because yeah. I, I didn't have, again, I didn't have the confidence to say, turn around. Why do I have to turn around? You, <laughs> you know, like today I would do that. Yeah. Um, but I also. And you were also put on the spot. Right. Yeah. And he, so I turned around and he said, stop. So that my back was to him. And then he went, mm, good. Okay. You can go. And I just, I mean, I went home that night and I just felt, I felt violated. Yeah. And even though I wasn't obviously physically violated, emotionally, I just felt yeah. just, and I felt dirty. Mm-hmm. And, and I also was so mad at myself that I didn't do something because mm-hmm. I kept that job because mm-hmm. I needed that job because I needed the money. Right. But do we ever need the money that bad? You know, and I I really feel like today I would tell anybody, you don't need the money, Mm -hmm. that you need to close that door so the universe can open up other doors for you of prosperity and love Mm -hmm. and honor. Yeah. But I didn't know that back then. And it's really exciting to me that the women who are coming up into the world today like you know that. Yeah. It, it, it is collective and consciousness, you know, is collective. So it's really amazing that it seems like all of the work that, you know, the older generations have done <laughs> <laughs> for feminism, for femininity, for masculinity right? is starting to accumulate and spread, um, which is beautiful to watch. And I do think that more women now than before, ever before, 
feel empowered in their voice and feel empowered in where they are, but it is really positional. So some people that don't have, you know, a class privilege or, you know, a race privilege that I have maybe don't have the same access that I do. And Mm -hmm. that's really sad to me. And so what would you do? I mean, what would you do to help other young women find their voice and empower them? I mean, I've been journaling for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's really important because in a world where you're not entitled to feeling emotions or to, to feel the emotions that you do feel, having a journal where you write them down and you mm-hmm. have them and then you can go back to them and remember that you actually felt that way and it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't it some wasn't made up dream, right? Illusion right? <laughs> or fantasy um, is, is really is powerful. It really is. Um, especially to see, you know, your own progress. And if I wasn't journaling during this class, I don't know how I would have been able to access the emotions that I felt right after the class of, you know, anger, of right. feeling extremely degraded and extremely hurt. And as you said, emotionally, not physically violated right. um, and spiritually violated as right. well. Um, and so I do think that keeping a journal is like a, is a beautiful way to feel to write down those emotions that you may or may not be entitled to feel in the, in the real world <laughs> in where you are. <laughs> well, and also that's, I love that idea because it also, you can go back to that and create something from that Yeah. instead of, Oh, you're having this feeling, which is what happened to me. I would have these feelings and I wouldn't know what to do with it and I wouldn't know where to go with it. Yeah. So I would, you know, do drugs and alcohol. <laughs> I would, you know, bl- I would just check out emotionally just like I'm not here yeah. Because I didn't know, and there was so much of it that I, I had no way of handling all of that in my little body. I yeah. mean, our bodies are small compared to our souls. Right. And so if you're having feelings at a soul level that are mm-hmm. enormous, my body itself just couldn't contain it. So I checked out. Yeah. And so, you know, I really want everyone out there to know you don't have to check out. Right. You know? Yeah. Definitely. And I, I think in terms of specifics of if you're in a job or if you're in a class that makes you feel, you know, degraded or uncomfortable, um, talking to the person directly is probably the best way because, you know, it, it provides an opportunity to teach them and to prove to yourself, you know, that you are so expansive and that Mm. your voice is so limitless which is just so beautiful to realize, and it's so true, but I feel like we forget that somewhere along the way. Yeah, we totally do, Yeah, right? That's but, that's the whole thing about the soul, is right. that soul is sitting in that little body. Right. And let's get it straight. I'm not talking about weight or size. Your bodies are teeny tiny compared yeah. to the expanse <laughs> of your soul. It's just that simple. Yeah. We have to squeeze all that soul into this little, into this <laughs> vessel, right? So, so to have to, to have a place and outlet. And I agree. I love what you said about teach, a teaching opportunity for the other person. Mm-hmm. It's my experience, and yeah. it's what I tell my kids on a regular basis. When you talk to someone face to face, eye to eye, yeah. it is not something that we are accustomed to in this world mm-hmm. of saying, this is how I feel eye to eye. Right. It makes a big difference. Right. Because you can penetrate beyond the ego and reach the soul. Yeah, definitely. And I've had experiences in the past of, you know, calling out people, um, girls and guys, about their language and um, 
they've thanked me in the end, you know, even mm-hmm. if it is a difficult conversation or one where they first don't really understand what the problem is. Right. Um, because, you know, some people just don't know. Some people don't realize that what they're doing is offensive or that what they're doing hurts other people or right. themselves. Because um, ultimately what you do to hurt other people will just hurt yourself. Right. Um, so I do think that, you know, talking to somebody can help them so much because that's been my experience. People will be like, you know, thank you for, for telling me that I didn't realize. And now I do. Yeah. Um, I had an experience like that when I was much younger. Um, I was living in Chicago. I was working in a restaurant with these incredible people. And a lot of my friends were gay. That wasn't something that I grew up with a lot of, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in the theater world, so I didn't, to me, it was not a big deal, but mm-hmm. I was using language that was derogatory toward gay men. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. And one of my friends pulled me aside and said, Kristen, when you say that word in that way, it's, it's, it hurts me because yeah. I'm gay and it makes you, it makes it seem as though by being gay, I'm wrong or bad. And right. I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> And I was horrified that I would be hurting my good friends. And yeah. I said, thank you so much. Yeah, And I stopped. Yeah. But you're right. It's an awareness. If you've grown up with something or if someone's been using a word that in your family that it, you don't think that there's something wrong with it until someone says, that hurts me. Yeah. That doesn't feel good to me. And this is why. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think that the people that degrade women are necessarily bad people. I just think that they, you know, haven't been taught that what they're doing hurts or that they they should see women as, you know, individuals entitled to emotions and to right. feeling pain or to feel the way that they feel when they are degraded. And so... Well, it's an unconsciousness. Yeah, It's, it's exactly. literally just dreaming through life. Just exactly. blowing out whatever comes out of your mouth right. without thinking about what that might mean. Exactly. And it's a throat imbalance for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, speaking to them and having a space for them to speak back is it opens up a lot of doors for you, for your own throat, and also for them and to heal their own throat because that's really the problem that they have when it comes down to it is that they don't know what they're saying and they're not conscious when they speak. Right. So you had, I want you to tell the story about the, um, (laughs) about, yeah, Yeah. I want you to tell the story. Um, so I was in Switzerland, I was abroad for a semester and I had a guest lecturer and he was like pretty well known in the community, in the econ community. And he made this comparison of women to, um, like needing to show their skin in order to get attention. And he compared that to developing countries and how, you know, developing countries are trying to get the attention of America in the same way that a girl who wants sex will show her skin. (laughs) And it was just, just, is there really no other comparison? (laughs) That you can make for this, right. you know, conversation about developing countries. It just didn't make sense to me that that would be the first <laughs> metaphor to come because it was kind of, it was kind of a stretch. I thought anyway, but it was just well, it was, right. It also tells you what he thinks about women, right? So, <laughs> Who he wants to have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of it was really weird, and there were mostly girls in the room. Um, and right. and after we had a mini break and. 
another person came and we were just kind of debriefing and I was like, what did you guys think about that? And some of the guys didn't even notice that what had happened, which I thought was so crazy because to me it was like extremely triggering and to other people too. So Mm. it was just weird that some people didn't even realize that that had happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say that at your age, I would not have noticed that. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I would have been like, oh. Yeah. I really would have yeah. 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so some people didn't notice, some people didn't care, but some people really did. Um, and I realized that I needed to send them an email. So I asked my teacher, what's his email? Cause he was a guest lecturer and I sent him this email that was like, you know, this analogy is, it's very offensive and it makes people in the room uncomfortable. And while it may get the attention of some guys, it's at the expense of a lot of women and not only women here, but also telling people that women who dress like that are only wanting sex and that they deserve, you know, to be degraded in that way. It just, it perpetuates rape culture and it's, it's much deeper than just the classroom. It's an epidemic. It's a mentality of hypermasculinity that, is perpetuating all of these issues with yeah. gender. Um, and he was actually very receptive. Oh, yay. Which, yeah, which was awesome. And I sent the email that I sent to people who felt, um, you know, uncomfortable. I was like, you know, I felt uncomfortable too, so this is what I did. Just kind of showing them that they could also have done that and that they should in the future. Right. Um, and they were very um, grateful and so it's a way of leading it is Mm -hmm. and it was it was beautiful because you know for me it was easy to write the letter for other people it might have been harder but he was so receptive and open to the conversation and that's great because again it's what we talk about it's a it's a way of teaching a way of leading a way of showing and it's a way of doing it in a positive manner right and so um I had a story, but I don't think I'm going to have time to tell it. So I'll have to save it for another day. Um, I do want to say that we, we have to wrap up. It's been really delightful to have you here. And I want to say to everybody out there who's listening, you know, here is an example that we're being shown that our voice matters. What we say, what we feel, how we say it makes an impact. It is your divine birthright to be honored. And so if you are not being honored, you've been given examples here today on how to move yourself forward and speak your truth. But let me tell you for sure, your truth is important. Your light matters. You being you is the most important thing you can do on this earth. And you don't let anybody tell you less than that. Okay, so thanks for listening, guys. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristin.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.